morning, we are here again to continue our sermon series on learning from the Old Testament leaders. Learning from the Old Testament leaders. So last week, we started this series, and, but we gave a general introduction for this topic. And we realized how important it is to learn from the Old Testament leaders. So today morning, we start this series with certain convictions in our heart. And every time when we come together to study the Word of God, if our heart is not convicted with the truth, if the heart is not convicted to, towards what we are going to do, at times we are not ready. So what we are going to do is we are just going to look at the screen and we see the convictions that we make this morning before we go into the word of God. So I just want you to repeat this or read along with me, just not from your lips, but really knowing what we are reading. Shall we go ahead? Convictions of our heart. Number one, we are all, we are reading. We are reading from the screen. Don't look at me. Look at the screen, please. We are all called to lead. We are all called to influence. We commit to learn from the lives of the Old Testament leaders. These men and women are commended by God. Leaders are defined by their characteristics. True leaders are truly teachable. The underlying cause of unteachable spirit is pride. We are willing to ask God for a spirit of submission that accepts discipline and correction. So being said that, that being our conviction this morning, we are going to get into that, you know, uh, into the sermon this morning. So we, today, we are going to talk about the first leader from the Old Testament. Any guess? Moses. Moses. So we are going to learn from the leadership of Moses. And moment you think about Moses, what comes in your mind? Israel, the nation of Israel, what else? He divides the ocean. Then, brought the Israelites. He was about to die when he was a baby, but then, you know, God raised him up. Sorry, he said something. He, he obeyed God. He was not a fluent speaker. He got ten commandments. He had a face-to-face -face encounter with God. He, exactly, that's a good point. So he was so quick to get angry. The incident of the burning bush. Miracles that he performed. He was an intercessor. Right, so let's me pick up from what you mentioned, the burning bush. He was brought as an Egyptian prince. He could not enter into Canaan after all this, right? Even though he was a leader. Okay, so let's come back to the burning bush incident. The burning bush incident tells us Moses was, a reluct Moses was really reluctant, not really willing to lead, but he was forced to lead. Do you remember that? He was forced into the leadership. We read that from Exodus chapter 3 verse 7. Bible says, then the Lord God told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers or slave masters. 
Verse 10, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Can you see the verse? So, uh, so you know, word of God says, you must lead the people out of Egypt. Did you listen to the tone? God is telling him, you must, sorry, the word is not there, so you can, you can just listen to me. You must lead children of Israel out of Egypt. You must lead. So there is no option given to him. And you know what, what Moses said? Look at this, it's very beautiful. Moses said, who am I that I should go to? Pharaoh. Who am I, Lord? And God said, Moses, I will be with you. You are not alone, I will be with you. Then Moses said, if they ask who sent you, Lord, what can I do? And God said, the God of your fathers has sent you. I am who? I am. Go and tell Pharaoh that I sent you. And Moses was not sure. And Moses said, if they don't believe me, if they don't listen to me, what can I do, Lord? And then God asked, what do you have in your hand? Put that down. And that turned into a serpent. And he asked him to lift it up, and he lifted it up. And that again got backed into a rod. And he asked him to put his hand into the bosom and asked him to take it out. The hand was leprous. Again, do the same thing, and then hand became clean. Was Moses happy about it? No. Moses said, oh, Lord, my God, I'm not eloquent. I'm slow to speech and slow of tongue. And God said, God looked at him and said, Moses, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the one who is not seeing? Have not I, the Lord? Moses was still not happy. And finally Moses said, after hearing all this, Lord, please send someone else. Does that sound familiar to you? Lord, please, someone else. Not me. Not me, Lord. Someone else. Exactly the same thing Moses did. And Bible says Moses made God angry. Now, the more time we tell, Lord, someone else, not me, who gets angry? Of course, pastor gets angry already. And then who else? God gets angry the more we say, Lord, not me, send somebody else. There's no doubt that Moses was a reluctant leader, but he was forced to go. You know, this morning, I believe God will speak to you. God is speaking to you prophetically. And God is speaking to you concerning our future, all of our future. But eventually Moses turned out to be a great leader. And this morning we are here to keenly observe what are the leadership qualities in the life of Moses. We'll, I'll just help you to do a quick overview of the life of Moses. You know, Moses was born in Egypt. And he was raised as Pharaoh's daughter, as all of you said. But yet he had a passion in his heart for his own people. Because he saw some Hebrew getting beaten up by an Egyptian. And he went and killed that Egyptian and buried him. And after 40 years of life in the palace, Moses had to flee for his life. And Bible says he fled into Midian, the country of Midians. And there he began his life as a shepherd boy at the age of 40. 
And and that continued until he met God in the burning bush. And another year, 40 years went by. By this time when Moses reluctantly accepted the call of God in his life. And he was willing to go back to Egypt now. And he went to Egypt. And God did amazing things through Moses. Each event that took place in the life of Moses during the journey that started from Egypt to Mount Sinai, we really understand his role as a prophet, as a priest, as a ruler, and also as a savior of Israel. So there is no doubt that Moses was called by God. And Moses reluctantly accepted the call of God in his life. Now, what kind of man Moses was? What, what are the characteristics of Moses? We mentioned most of them. Number one, Moses was a murderer. Moses was a murderer, there is no doubt. And he was a reluctant leader. He was reluctant when God called him to come. And as someone said, he was very angry. At times he gets angry. He was very impulsive, very short-tempered, and very easily he can be provoked to anger. And you remember as he was coming down from the Mount Sinai, he broke all the Ten Commandments. Who will do that? It's given by God, written by the hand of God. You know, we want to keep that as so precious. But when he saw people are going away from God, people are already in sinful things, he broke the Ten Commandments which was given by God. Such an angry man. He disobeyed God by hitting the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And he was eventually punished by God. Because God barred him from entering into the promised land. So what do we have to talk about him this morning? Now by looking at all these characteristics, I don't think he's a leader who can be appreciated for any of those things that he did. For any of those things he did, I don't think we can appreciate him. But he was a great leader in the Old Testament. You know, this morning my, my objective here is take you through the life of Moses and to find you know, what are the good leadership qualities that man of God had. What can we really learn from the life of Moses? God used Moses to deliver his people from the land of Egypt. Nobody was used in that manner. I believe Moses was made for a time such as that. Where I couldn't think of any other leader through which God could have achieved what he achieved on the day. And before we go further, let's read some of the scripture references about Moses. We are going to read from the scripture now. If you can take your Bible, we may or may not have that at the screen. But if you can take your Bible, that will be great. Exodus chapter 2 verses 11 through 15. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. I want you to carefully follow as we read through the scriptures. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating at a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to one of them, who did the wrong? The one who did the wrong. Why are you striking your companion? 
Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. You know, that's recorded in the book of Exodus. Now let's turn to the book of Acts. You can turn with me to the book of Acts, where Stephen is addressing the crowd. As Stephen is addressing the crowd, we read that from Acts chapter 7, verses 17 to 36. You know, a couple of scriptures we are going to read quickly. Acts chapter 7. Now here Stephen is talking about Moses. He's addressing the crowd concerning Moses. Acts chapter 7 verse 17. But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose who did not know Joseph. And this man dwelt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not live. Verse 20, Acts 7. At this time Moses was born. You can also get that in the screen. Was Moses was well-pleasing to God and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as their own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended it and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand and the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren, why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Verse 29, Acts 7. Then at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. Verse 30, and when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a burning bush in the wilderness of, the Mount, of Mount Sinai. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. And as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him saying, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard the groaning and have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses whom they rejected saying, who made you a ruler and judge is the one God sent to be ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel. Who appeared to him in the bush. Verse 36. He brought them out. After he had sworn, shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt. And in the Red Sea. And in the wilderness. Forty years. Now we are going to number chapter 12. Number chapter 12. Listen to this. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke, to, spoke against Moses. Because of the Ethiopian woman. Whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? 
And the Lord heard it. Now the man, Moses, was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you there, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out, and the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Verse 9. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned towards Miriam and there she was a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, Oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please heal her, O Lord, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If, he, if her father had but spit in her face, but she not be shamed seven days, let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterwards she may be, receiving, she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people moved from Hezeroth, and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Now we read three references from the word of God where Moses is portrayed. You know, whatever Moses considered as his strength during his early stage has become a weakness in his later time. You know, this happens to us too. Some of those things that we consider in the early stage of our life as our strength, the same thing will become our weakness in the later days. Moses was mighty in words, Acts 7.22 says. But now Moses is not eloquent. And he says, I am slow to speech and I am slow of tongue. Moses was not afraid to kill the Egyptian. But now Moses is so afraid to go and stand before Pharaoh, listen to this. Moses is angry with people and he broke the covenant tablets. Moses was again you know, angry and upset when people in Kadesh, they were crying out for water and they were racing against Moses and the leadership. They were about to kill Moses. And Moses comes out and this is what Moses says. Hear now, you rebels. That's how Moses spoke. We don't see Moses speaking in that way often. But that's how Moses spoke. He was very angry and upset. Then God asked him to strike the rock. To a, but he did. He, God asked him to speak to the rock. But then he struck the rock twice. And his anger and his disobedience barred him from entering into Canaan. Such a great leader who brought children of Israel out of Egypt. Did so many wonders. But eventually he was prevented from entering into Canaan. Couple of key characteristics of this man of God, Moses. You know, Moses is a great comfort to me. And Moses is a great comfort to all of us. Because God is willing to use us the same way we are. 
You know, at times we say that, Lord, I will pray about myself. I will just, you know, cleanse myself from all the impurities I have in my life. And then, Lord, I will come back and serve you. But God says, come on, just go the way you are. I want to use you the way you are. So we are, there are four important characteristics we are going to quickly, quickly go through from the word of God. Number one, Moses was zealous and he was passionate. Can you say zealous? Passionate. You know, Moses was a zealous and passionate man of God. And he was very passionate about what he was doing. Not forget the work of God, forget the ministry. But he was very passionate about what he was doing. Acts 7.22 says, and Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. God likes those who are passionate about what they do. At times we complain about our work, but God is saying that I want you to be passionate about what you do. When Moses was in Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's palace, he learned a lot of wisdom. He gained a lot of wisdom from the Egyptians. And I believe that includes, he learned about geography, he learned about geometry, he learned about arithmetic, he learned about astronomy, natural history, physics, and he learned about symbols and pictograms and so many other things, the, the, Egyptian, the Egyptian way. But he was not sitting idle. He was not enjoying the pleasures of the palace. He was getting himself equipped. Filled with wisdom. Filled with all the skills to battle in the battlefield. To lead the army. Moses was very passionate about what he was doing. You know, great leaders were not making great things. Not making great achievements during the beginning of their career. But they were very passionate about what they were doing. They were not just given Nobel Prize when they were just working in the laboratory. But they were working, working. Day and night they were working in the laboratory, thinking that one day they will be rewarded. I believe God speaks to us. I believe God speaks to us this morning. You know, we are not rewarded at that moment, but Moses was very passionate about what he was doing. His full heart was there. Romans chapter 12 verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal. Can you say that? Never be? Lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You know, God wants us to keep our spiritual temperature always high. Always high. The things of this world will not allow you. Your health condition will not allow you. You know, your situation will not allow you. Your financial situation will not allow that. If you look into those things, no, you are gone. You cannot really keep your spiritual temperature on high. But God wants us to keep our spiritual temperature high. Leadership quality. Moses was very passionate. His passion, in fact, made him as a judge and a ruler. You know, he was just kind of teased by the, by the Egyptians, sorry, by the Hebrews, saying that who made you as a ruler and judge you over us? But God made him. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 7, 35. Stephen says, this is the same Moses they had rejected. Hebrews rejected. His own people rejected with the words. Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. You know, when people reject us, God is there to lift us up. 
The place where we fall, that's the place where we will also get up. The place where we are pushed down by people of this world. You know, God is able to raise you in that same place. You're talking about leaders. And this morning, all of us are called to lead. Moses was zealous, but not Aaron. I want you to think about that. Why the leadership was not given to Aaron? Even though he was very eloquent to speech, he was a great orator, but then why the leadership was not given to, Moses, uh, to Aaron? Aaron made the people of God to worship the golden calf, if you remember. In fact, he was making the golden calf. A leadership was making idol so that people can worship. But when Moses came down, a leader is coming down from heaven, sorry, from, from Mount Sinai, and Moses' indignation was burning up within him. A holy zeal for the Lord was burning within this leader. And now we understand why Aaron was not made a leader. But God was still holding on to Moses. You know, the reason why God is after you is God found something special in you. God found something special in your life. We are just ordinary people. <laughs> but there is something special about you. Something special. You may fail in all the other areas, but there is something special. You know, man may look at the area where you fail, but God looks at the area the life, the character that you have. Moses was a leader called to lead. Number two characteristics, dependency on God. A leader has to depend on God for everything. You know, God wants us to, God is training us as leaders and God wants us to hear from God in every step that we make. It's amazing the way Moses was performing as a leader. Moses' constant connection with God. Can you say constant connection? Constant connection with the Lord God. And that made him to be a great leader. Numbers chapter 12 verse 8 says, God says, listen to this, I speak to prophet through different means, but I speak to Moses face to face. Even plainly. And not in dark sayings. Not that he heard the voice somewhere. No, I speak to Moses face to face. And he sees the form of the Lord. You know, you have a question. Can anyone be alive seeing God face to face? No. But what he saw is the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So God speaks to Moses face to face. He had a constant connection with God. And we, it's very evident in the life, from the life of Moses. Moses listened from God, heard from God in every step that he made. Listen to this. You know, some of us are living in the mess today because we fail to listen the voice of the Lord in those decisions that we made in our lives. You know, this morning God is telling you, come back to me. You need to start listening to me because every step that you are going to make is important for your family, for your children, for the, for, for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Moses was in Egypt. And Egyptians are struck plague after another. And every plague, before it struck the Egyptians, struck the land, strikes the land, the household of the Egyptians, Moses asked the Lord. And the Lord spoke. One example, Exodus chapter 8, sorry, Exodus, exactly, Exodus chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Lord spoke to 
Whom? Moses. Lord spoke to Moses. He's a God who speaks. He's a God who speaks and tells us what to do. And the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your territory with frogs. God spoke to him in every step. Moses was standing in front of the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army is coming behind, surrounded with mountains. Children of Israel, they do not know what to do. Moses was crying out to the Lord, Lord, what can I do? Lord spoke to him, Exodus 14, 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. God spoke to him in every step. And as children of Israel, they were complaining to Moses, saying that we don't have food to eat. We are all dying. We had so many other good stuff in our land. And you brought them to this wilderness so that we are dying in this wilderness. Why did you do that, Moses? They complained. And Moses went to God again. And he asked him in Exodus chapter 16, verse 11. Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them again, saying, At will light. You shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Moses was a leader who listened to God in every move that he made. As leaders, God wants us to listen to him. God wants us to depend on him fully. For your family, for your marriage, for your future, for your education, for your children, God wants you to depend on him. God doesn't want you to make a step out of the place where God has placed you without his permission. If you make a step, decide to make a step without the permission from God, it's not going to be good. Moses was very clear. He was listening from God. Number three, Moses was a great leader because he understood the burden or he had the burden for people. Listen to this. I'll be done quickly. Moses was living in the palace of Pharaoh. But Bible says, Moses went out and saw the burden of his own people. Can you imagine? Moses was living in the palace of Pharaoh. How the life is in the palace? In the palace. How is that life in the palace? Was it good? Yes? Was it comfortable? Had he got good food? Good vacation? Good servants to help him, serve him. Everything was plenty. Everything was great there. But Moses went out to see the burden of his people. Exodus chapter 2 verse 11 says, Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. Moses was a great leader because he had burden for people. Can you say burden for people? There was no reason, as I said, why Moses should go and see the burden of his people. But when he saw his people are oppressed by the oppressors, Moses' heart burned within himself. You know, Moses did not hide his face from the reality. Moses could have been in the palace without really knowing what is going on outside. He could have had a very great life, but he did not hide himself. From the reality, a leader cannot keep quiet when people are oppressed. 
A true leader cannot keep quiet when people are suffering. You know, Moses really challenges the leaders of 21st century. When the power is given in our hands, Moses says, do not keep quiet when people are oppressed. You know, today we see many leaders of this nation that don't really care about the oppression that is, you know, cast upon the minorities, cast upon the people of this land. But Moses was not such a leader. He was a great leader and God saw the heart of Moses and he decided to make him as a deliverer. You know, today when you have the burden for people, God sees you. God sees our heart. You know, many times we don't have that. We have struggled within ourselves. But when we have the burden for people, God looks at us. When Moses came down from the mountain, listen to this, people were already in the idol worship under Aaron's leadership. And Moses, he knew very well the kind of punishment that is going to come upon the people because they went into idol worship. And Moses could not handle it. He did not want to see people perishing, his own people perishing in front of his own eyes. And that's the reason in Exodus 32, 32, Moses says, Yet now, very key scripture, Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, listen to this, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. Who will pray such a prayer? Moses had such a deep burden for his people and he did not want to see his own people perishing in his eyes. Today we need such a great leaders. You know, if God, I believe God is putting some burdens in your heart these days concerning certain things. And God is honoring you. God wants to use you in the coming days. Intercession. Listen to this. Intercession is not a characteristic of a prayer warrior. Intercession is a characteristic of a leader. If God is burdening you to intercede, you are not just called to pray, but you are called to lead. You are called to lead. There is no doubt about it. If God is putting that burden, God put that burden in Moses, not in Aaron. Not in any other leaders. But in only in Moses, that tells that he is called to lead. You know, if God is burdening you with souls, he's not, you, he's not calling, he's not expecting you to you know, close your rooms and sit and pray. He is calling you to lead. Because the leaders, they don't have burden for people. They don't really care about people. But when God puts that burden in your heart, the same way he did it to Moses, he's calling you to lead. Finally, Moses was a man of God. Because he was highly favored by God. Can you say that highly favored? You know, I wish I have that favor of God today. And I believe you, know, you also wish that same thing, that you have the favor of God. What makes anyone a successful leader is the favor of God. You know, today you see many leaders. Today you see you know, many people leading you know, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the social world, in the secular world, and in the spiritual world. Leading. You know, they are not very, you know, talented. Not all of them are really equipped to lead. But then, you know, they are able to lead because they have a favor from God. They have a favor from God. You know, I need that favor. You need that favor. Moses was, listen to this, very interesting. Moses was a short-tempered man. 
And he can get easily provoked to anger. But see what the Lord says about him. Numbers chapter 12 verse 3. Now the man Moses was very humble. More than all men who were on the face of this earth. You may say that, oh, he was very humble at the age of 120. No. Just before that only, you know, he got angry with the people. And just before that only, you know, he hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock. But God says, he's a humble man. You know, at times God doesn't see our shortcomings. If you have the favor of God. If you have the favor of God in your life. And we need to cry out for that favor today before we leave from this place. Moses was disobedient. God is telling him to go and go. And repeatedly he was coming, with, uh, coming out with excuses. He was disobedient. <coughs> Excuse me. Even he was punished for his disobedience. But still what, listen what God says in Numbers chapter 12 verse 7. He is faithful in all my house. Can you believe that? Looks like God is really partial. Looks like God is pleased, trying to please men here. But that's not the case. The favor of God was upon Moses. He says, he's faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Now that was teaching me, do not judge anyone by what he does. If God has a favor on him, God has a favor on her, no one can stand against him. No one can stand against her. What we need, what I need is the favor of God in our lives. I was thinking this morning, in fact, yesterday night too. What was the secret that Moses got this supreme and supernatural favor in his life? And I found an answer. You can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 to 26. We are reading from NLT in the screen. We are trying to find out the secret of the supernatural favor that was upon Moses. Here is the secret. Hebrews 11, 24, 26, 24 to 26. It was by faith that Moses, the writer of Hebrews records here. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. The secret of divine favor upon your life and my life is this. And when I read the scripture, this is what I could list down. God's favor is going to be upon us. And God's favor is going to be upon our family. God's favor is going to be upon our children. If you practice these scriptures. So how can we practice these scriptures? Number one, God is asking us to step out by faith to sow people and God. That's what exactly Moses did. Moses, by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he stepped out of his realm. He stepped out of his comfort zone. He stepped out of the palace. And he went to, saw, to see the burden of his people. And he decided to serve people. And serve God. We are talking about the favor of God coming upon our lives. Number one. Step out of faith. Can you repeat that with me? Step out of faith. To serve people. And God. 
Number two, the favor came upon Moses because he chose to participate in others' sufferings, not being selfish. Second point, I don't want you to lose this. Bible says, right of Hebrews says, he chose to share the oppression of God's people. The number two reason why the divine favor, the supernatural favor came upon his life, he chose to participate in others' sufferings, not being selfish. What does it mean? I don't know whether God is burdening you with that burden of somebody. At the middle of the night, you grace from your bed, you could not sleep, and God put some face in front of you. God wants you to get up from your bed and pray. Not being selfish. At the early morning, God speaks to you saying that someone is in need. Can you just go and visit? Can you take it off from your work and go and visit them? Because God wants you to do that. Divine favor comes when we stop living for ourselves. Number three, we see what Moses did. He says, I will choose to suffer the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. When we decide to push aside the enjoyment of this world, you know, the enjoyment of this world is so compelling. So compelling. So compelling. But the divine favor comes upon our lives when we try to push aside. You know, we appear to be a fools, actually. We look to be a fool when we don't participate in those enjoyments. But we are doing it because we want to push forward to receive the divine favor of God in our lives. And he says, here the writer of Hebrews says, verse 26, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own treasures of Egypt. We get divine favor in our lives when we decide to set our minds, not really acquiring wealth, just to acquire what we need for our daily living. We don't need anything more than that. We don't need anything less than that. We don't want to become too rich and forget God. We don't want to become too pauper and forget God. But instead, we want to be in the middle. Just every day, God may feed us. You know, that is the expectation from a child of God who wants to receive the favor of God. Moses was not willing to gain the treasures of Egypt. And finally, we see he was decided to look ahead to his great reward. Those who decide to work for the eternal reward, they are highly favored by God. Quickly, let's go over it. Moses stepped out by faith to serve God. And he chose to participate in others' sufferings, not being selfish. And he decided to push aside the enjoyment of this world. And he decided to set his mind not to acquire the properties of this world, but he set his mind and pushed himself forward to receive the eternal reward. Secrets of receiving divine favor. I want you to meditate these scriptures when you go back to home and God will speak to us. God will show you what are those areas they are preventing to receive the blessing of God, the favor of God. Finally, as we conclude, this is what we learned from Moses today. God loves the characteristics, the quality of being zealous and passionate about what we do. Today we may not serve God 
Today we may not serve like someone else. Today we may not have, we, we, we would not have done anything for the sake of God as if somebody else had done. Today may, we may be just doing an ordinary work. Maybe the job just pays hourly. The job that just pays few dollars per hour. Can we do that passionately? That's what God honors. True leaders, they depend on God for every step of their life. Every step, every decision, decide to listen from God. True leaders, they have the burden for people. Having a burden for people is not the quality of a prayer warrior alone. It's the quality of leaders. True leaders, somehow they obtain the favor of God. By pleasing him through all that we read from Hebrews 11, 24 to 25. Shall we close our eyes?